This is the Implant Games Podcast with Chris and Austin, the show where we talk about old school games, collecting, YouTube, and more. This is episode 40. The spear lets you jump. Enjoy. Hello, Austin. Hello, Chris. All right, I think it's been like a month since we've talked, and uh, you did the last episode alone, which you did a wonderful job on, and uh, we're recording on a Sunday instead of a Saturday, so we could uh, so we could get an episode out. Yeehaw. Austin has had uh, eight hours of sleep, and he is feeling refreshed and fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a good liar. <laughs> you can, can't fool me. <laughs> you can hear it in his voice, the excitement. <sighs> or the sigh of, why the hell am I awake? <laughs> yeah, oh. I was up till about 6.30 a.m. last night trying to edit a... Uh, I'm trying to create a new intro for my videos. For, mm. you know, when I finally, you know, release a new full review, I want to have, like, a new intro. Instead of using that old gameplay and talk slash implant games thing that yeah. you've seen from the last year and a half, um, spent like six hours trying to edit together this big grid of gameplay footage. And you know how, you know, sometimes my capture card inserts these black frames. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I got done with this whole thing. I went through, I edited out all the black frames that I saw, and I exported it while I was sleeping, woke up. And I played it back to test it out, and what do you know? There's, like, black frames appearing everywhere, left and right, in every single <laughs> clip. Even the ones that I didn't see any black frames in. Is so it it's like, Vegas, like, messing up on export, or...? <sighs> I have no idea. No idea? That's I mean, weird. the black frames appearing is... They're definitely there in certain clips, most of the clips, but not all of them. Like, my NES footage seemed to turn out perfectly fine. But on the exported file, there's even the black frames appearing on the NES clips that looked fine on preview. And um, very, very strange. It's, yeah, it's a big nightmare right now because uh, the project is so big, and there are so many clips in there, and there's so many clips playing at once with transitions that I can't even preview it. And uh, I have to preview. I have to solo each line or each um, each uh, track, so I can only view. One out of the like twenty something gameplay clips that are going at once, and uh, it's it's a big mess. But uh, <clears throat> that's why I was up so late. Primarily, I was working on that. And I just got onto a roll. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was mostly finished or partially finished for what I was doing. But woke up and blah. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, I need but, to. Uh, I didn't sleep that well either. For some odd reason, I mean, I went to bed really, really late, and I still had a hard time sleeping. So that's that's the other problem. Problem. Insomnia. Insomnia. <laughs> now I need to upgrade. Uh, I would. I need to upgrade my iMovie. Right now, the version of iMovie that I have is limited to 720p. So I need to upgrade to I don't know how many versions behind I am, so that I can do 1080p. Mostly for the Pokemon videos, and then uh, tax return time. I'd like to get a, a high def capture card, and um, like you said, do a whole new intro and things like that. I really want to use that stop motion animation thing I did and do a new intro and uh, do the whole show, the whole videos in high def. Yeah. 
still a couple months away. Probably when is tax return time? Like end of February. If you're on top of everything, you'll get your government deposit. Yeah. So that's what's in the future for me. At the moment, I have no plans on doing any videos, but I have been playing a lot of games. Well, that's good. But I've got uh, other your hobbies. Fingers busy. Yeah, other hobbies occupying my time, so it's kind of tough to balance everything. Yeah, it is. It's very tough. But um, so I think uh, last time we talked, we talked about the documentary. I think it was just called Indie Game. Indie Game, the movie. Yeah, Indie Game, the movie. And you've watched that, correct? Not yet. No, Not yet, I actually. No? Um, I uh, started to watch it just to see what it was all about. I watched like ten minutes of it, mm-hmm. and uh, that was basically it. I haven't gone back to it since, but uh, it's only been a few weeks. You got me hooked on Breaking Bad, oh. as, as I've said before, <laughs> and. And the last as, episode. Of, uh, as of about two weeks ago, I finally finished up season four, so I'm just waiting for season five to get released on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, my brother and I watched a couple movies, some weird movies, and that's basically all I've done on Netflix. So yeah. now I haven't checked out Indie Game the movie yet. Um, kind of along this, I don't know where you're going with that, but I did want to make a quick announcement that apparently the other other indie movie well, indie video game related film, not so much towards indie games, is uh, Ecstasy of Order. It's a movie about uh, like Tetris competition, uh, originally created by some guys that are on Nintendo Age. It's actually coming to Netflix and Hulu and whatnot. You're going to be able to just stream it there for free, basically. So something to keep an eye out on, people. What's it called? It's called Ecstasy of Order, and uh, I can shoot you a link to it, Chris. It's supposedly pretty good. It goes into just the intricacies of uh, competitive Tetris playing. It's <laughs> uh, so strange. And, and it goes into more. And I think one of the guys in the movie, I think he's in the movie, he was like one of the world Tetris champions from like the Nintendo World Championships or something like that. I think he might be in the movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but going to see it because it's, you know, it's free now. You can go, I think, download it, and it'll be on Netflix streaming uh, soon. It's uh, so. yeah, it's just ecstasyoforder.com. Yep, very nice. I was so. not aware. But you were talking about indie game, the movie. Yeah, no, I had, I don't know, I just, <laughs> oh yeah, Fez. So Fez was one of the main games. I think at the time the movie was created, wasn't released yet, and uh, it is out. I think as of April this year, and. Uh, I actually did buy it. I don't remember how much it costs, but uh, you can buy it on the Xbox Live Arcade. And uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the game or if you've ever played it or anything like that. No, I just remember hear every, hearing everybody rave about it like the first week it was out, and then that was it. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't tried it out for myself yet. So uh, It's like a... It, it's good. It it didn't blow me away. Um, I'm not even sure if I'll beat it, but I spent a good hour or two just playing through it. It's like a, it's sort of like a 2D side scroller, but the game's actually rendered in 3D, um, and you can kind of rotate the map 90 degrees in every direction, like a cube sort of. So, like, um, you know, if your character's on the right side of a ledge, you can then rotate it, and then you're like on the edge of a different side of the world. And, uh, but it plays completely in 2D, so you can do weird things like you're standing on something, and then when you rotate it, something that was previously not accessible to you, you know, you can now jump on. 
it's all, I, I can't even begin to explain it. Um, but if you've watched that movie, or I'm sure there's trailers yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, I, I think I've seen uh, gameplay clips. I think they show clips of it in like the first five minutes of that movie. So, but, so yeah, I think very, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's very clever. It's very easy to play, too. You can't really die. Um, you know, you just sort of spawn back where, you know, you missed your jump or whatnot. There's no yeah. enemies trying to kill you. Um, I'm not even sure if in later levels, if there's, you know, obstacles that you're trying to avoid or anything. But uh, the music's amazing. You know, the graphics are really clever. But uh, the game, I, it just feels kind of boring, if I'm honest. Um, you, the only real goal of the game is to collect little cubes. And uh, it's just all a little confusing. Like, I never really know where I'm supposed to go or if I'm, you know, because there's so many doors and things. If I'm, you know, progressing or if I'm just going back to where I've already been. Um, I was just a little, uh-oh, we have a problem. I just realized I wasn't recording my end. Oh, Austin's not recording. Of course not. <laughs> uh, I think the little, uh, for some reason, the little Skype sounds come through with the way I have all the audio rigged up. So if you heard Austin send me a little, whirp, whirp, little Skype noise, he says we have a problem. Anywho, it's, uh, it's okay. I was expecting to be blown away and be immersed and, you know, lose eight hours of my life, but it just sort of didn't happen. Um, it's, it's very pretty, but it's just very boring. So I was not uh, impressed by Fez at... So are we going to restart this or are we just going to keep blabbling on? And I'm going to keep babbling on. You can't stop me. Alrighty, Austin, I assure you it sounds fantastic and you and I are the only ones that would ever notice any difference. Mm. The other thing is if we have two audio files, by the end of the file, the audio is not synced up anymore. For whatever no, it's, reason, it's fine. there's a delay. It's fine. Austin, so anyway, Fez, it's just okay. It's It was not worth the four-year wait, in my opinion. Especially after watching, you know, the, the indie game, the movie documentary, where, you know, he's pouring his life and soul into it, and he doesn't want to, you know, release it until it's absolutely perfect. He probably should have just released it a couple of years ago when more people still cared. Whatever. Yeah. Hopefully he made his millions and, uh, you know, he's on working on his next thing. I heard he's a douchebag. Well, if you watch the movie, you can make your own decision. He's very strange. <laughs> he's very, very strange. <laughs> like part of the movie no, was that, like that's exactly all I heard. I, I haven't played it. And to be honest, I don't really even care about it. I'm so inundated with backlog of games and my Xbox Live Gold subscription is, is out. So my use of my 360 is... At a bare minimum these days, um, you have a PS3 or no? No, it's uh, if I, if I come in contact with like a small lump sum of money, I might uh, end up buying one. I know they've got. I don't even know how much the new ones cost. I know they're supposed to be ugly and cheaply built, according to yeah, Engadget. I watched the video and they seem very cheaply built. It's extremely plasticky, and uh, yeah. apparently the power cord doesn't sit firmly in its socket and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's the holiday season, and on places like Amazon, I believe you can get the bundle deals where you get the system and the two packing games for about 200 bucks. Um, yeah. And speaking of systems, have you, uh, have you played the new Wii U yet? No, not yet. No. Interested at all? Yeah, I wanted to buy one on day one, but, uh, you know, when I went to pre-order it, it was all sold out, and... 
when the system was released, I found that you could still get, I, you could, I, blah, I found you, I could still get them somewhere, <laughs> but I, I just didn't have the money. I couldn't afford it. Yeah, I was so. surprised. Like, I think it was a week after launch. Um, we, I was at Best Buy and there were probably five of them in stock. Not the black ones, the white ones, which I think I'm just not an expert. Have, uh, less stuff, smaller hard drive and, uh, less space. I think they might not come with like the dock for the controller or something like that. Um, yeah, there's more than just less space. You get less uh, accessories and things less like that. I don't think Nintendo Land comes with it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was Some surprised. Mean, I've. Yeah. It's been. I can't remember the last time where you could just go to the store a week after systems launch and hey, they're in stock. Well, PS3 was like that. <laughs> was it? No, I thought they had like huge shortages. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I still saw them in stock in my area. And everyone was like, I'm not paying $600. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I scoffed at that when it came out. Yeah, I was like, like you, you got to be kidding no. me. It doesn't look any better than a 360. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> but no, um, I'm, I don't think I'll... I, I skipped out on the Wii. I wouldn't mind a Wii just to play, um, you know, some of the Mario games and, uh, you know, some of the GameCube games as well, um, you know, in 480p. But... Uh, just not that interested in the Wii U either. I like some of the the non gaming things that I can do. Um, my my interest with it is is kind of waning a little bit as yeah. the weeks go on, and there's a lot of threads on the internet saying, you know, it's not any really, it's not really any more powerful than the current systems. Yeah. You know, as people are opening it and kind of discovering what all the the chips are on the inside of it, it's. Uh, Looking to me like it's just Nintendo catching up to mm-hmm. the modern generation, which is kind of a shame. I mean, that is one reason why I like to buy new systems is that I know they are a little more powerful, at yeah. least, than what came prior. And I can expect something that might impress me a little bit more than what's currently available. But the Wii U doesn't have that at all, apparently. Um, and so, I mean, I want to use the controller. I want to play some of the games. I think Nintendo Land looks fun. Uh, the new Super Mario Brothers U looks awesome. Um, I mean, it's in widescreen, high definition now, yeah. and um, apparently it's challenging, which is something that appeals to me because the last couple Mario games were really easy, in my opinion. Is that the new oh. Super Mario Brother games? Yeah, new Super Mario Brothers U. Yep, gotcha. So for you, Chris, I, I would definitely recommend at least picking up an old Wii, though. Yeah, uh, one of the GameCube backwards compatible ones. It's a uh, wait a minute. Are there ones that are not backwards compatible with the GameCube? Yeah, you didn't know about that. About no. a year, I think about a year ago, Nintendo released a uh, remodeled black Wii. It looks a little bit different. I think it only sits horizontally now, and it's they they stripped GameCube support. They stripped the GameCube controller ports and memory card slots. So I can't even buy a new one. I'm going to have to buy a used one. Uh, yeah. You might be able to get, um, you know, old stock new new yeah. units, you know, if you look hard enough. Um, but you can out. also get barely used used ones that are still complete yeah. in the box and everything. I'm sure most Wii's are barely used. Yeah. I know uh, <laughs> <laughs> people on forums really hate, you know, people using this stereotype, but I know several, several older people in their 50s or 60s that have a Wii and it just sat there. Yeah. My mom's is one of them. 
It's actually one of her friends is one of them, and one of their friends is one of them. It's it's. I mean, so you can still get great condition Wii's, super cheap, like seventy bucks, complete with everything. Um, but it's a great system. I mean, yeah, I say that, we, and I literally just watched the latest game sack, the games that defy the genre, and um, you know, there's a obviously a ton of games I've never heard of on the Wii that you know I would love to play. So I say, you know. It, ingest that they're all barely used but if especially if you've watched game sack um i forget not joe but the other guy clearly loves the wii and i think thanks to that show i've seen how many awesome games there actually are on the wii yeah no the wii's like i said uh since i've moved out basically the wii has been my brother and i's modern system of choice yeah. essentially we played a lot of um just Mario Kart, Mario, things like that on it. And I picked up a bunch of games since I moved out. Stuff like Sonic Colors and the Kirby yes. Dream Collection and uh Sonic Colors especially. That's you gotta play that. That's that's really, really good. So pick uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Wii's a good system. I, I think it it's gotten a bad rap over the years just because it was so popular and there yeah. was so much shovelware on it but yeah. when you really look into it there's actually a lot of lot well there's actually a lot of just really good games Decent, on it yeah. so yeah i will have to so. yeah it's low on the list but it's definitely something i'd like to have yeah i mean it seems i mean the prices are only going to go down on it so yeah. i mean who knows a year from now you might be able to get a an original wii for like 50 bucks yeah hell you can probably get that now if you if you look you know hard enough on craigslist yeah. or something like that yeah. yeah so but definitely worth it seems like a system where a lot of those games you know that may be overlooked now will be classic someday yeah because um, i suspect a lot of the best games on the system weren't the best sellers yeah there's just quite a few there's like sin and punishment is one that you can still get brand new copies at best buy and the msrp is still fifty dollars because it's a nintendo published game and they usually don't go down in price unless it's Metroid Other M or yeah. <laughs> Nintendo Selects titles. So, I mean, there's, I think Sin and Punishment will be kind of uncommon in the future. Um, but, uh, you know, what's kind of funny, Chris, is that Nintendo is also putting out another redesign Wii. Um, except I... this time, it's apparently only, only going to be exclusive to Canada. I heard I about that. I'll show you a picture of that. Um, a lot of my video game news comes from Engadget, if I'm honest. Yeah. And they actually, yeah, that's, I heard about that. A Canada exclusive <laughs> Wii. Is a smaller? I think, I think, I think yeah. I, it looks to me like it's probably going to be about the size of a Dreamcast. Uh, maybe a tad bit smaller than that. No, I think it's about the size of a Dreamcast. Um, because it's literally just the drive door that you see on the top, and then yeah. that's it, kind of like a Dreamcast. So nice. you got the open and close, or open and power button, and it's going to be red and black. I, I like the style, but uh, apparently it's going to have no online connectivity, no SD card slots, as far as I'm aware. So no Wii Store, no virtual console. That actually might be perfect for me. There's because uh, I am not, you know, invested in that ecosystem whatsoever. <clears throat> Yeah. Very interesting. So, um, yeah. Right, I mean, you're losing GameCube compatibility, yeah. you know, another potential Netflix streaming box, blah, 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 for yeah. a higher price. So that's, that's the only thing is you can get a normal Wii a lot cheaper. But 
I mean, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, there's It'd be nice to have one that collects when they're like thirty dollars on discount. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah. it'll be fairly easy, even if it doesn't come to the U.S. to to get your hands on one. Yeah, it's yeah, not no, that hard to ship yeah. to the U.S. That's very it's interesting. Just Canada, so I mean, it's not like <laughs> yeah. I'll have someone drive there, pick one up. What is that? A Walmart exclusive? No, just uh, just Canadian a Canada exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. The Wii. Yeah, that might do it. I don't know. I guess we'll see how much money I get back from the government in February. Yeah. That's what it all boils down to, I think. Yeah, we'll see how much I get back to. All right. So, uh, another modern game. We talk a lot about pinball games, and I think we're both pretty big fans of the pinball arcade, which I th- we both primarily play on the Xbox 360, correct? Yeah, if I get a PS3, I might be switching over to that because of uh, just delays with the 360 version. Apparently, Microsoft is they're they're a holes and they charge you a crazy amount of money every time you want to put an upgrade out, and so that leaves Farsight kind of screwed. You know, they can only put an update out every so often just because they get hit with a major fee. Uh, Apparently, this is like a really really expensive fee too. Um, so, I mean, it's looking like Twilight Zone's done. It's been, uh, been released this past week on the handheld devices. Um, everywhere, but PS3's the Xbox, already right? gotten table, like the most recent table packs with games like the Harley Davidson game and creatures from the Black Lagoon and whatnot. And the Xbox 360 is still sitting on that last update from back in the summertime. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, if I get a PS3, which again, I might actually come across a lump sum of money because of uh, sort of work-related job issues and things like that. So, like, let's say you then invest in the PS3. Is there any way to transfer those tables to the PS3, or do you have to rebuy everything? No, I have to rebuy them. Yeah. So and what I'd probably do is stop buying them for the 360 after I, you know. Oh yeah, I guess get you them can. back, or or I might just buy the ones I don't have on 360 and just switch between platforms. Yeah. But I mean, if I'm sitting there playing and, you know, I might feel like playing Funhouse or I might feel like playing Medieval Madness, it's nice to be able to switch on the same console. Yeah. But just these delays with the 360s, it's making it almost unbearable now. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I kind of don't really care that much because I play real pinball on a weekly basis now. Yeah. And the more I play real pinball, the less I really care about the pinball arcade. Yeah. Because it's it's just not, not the, same, the same, you know. But it, you know, it gives me a way to learn tables I, I don't have access to in yeah. person. So that's you know a big bonus. Like, uh, yeah, that's in a tournament we we recently played, actually, uh, we had to play Tales of the Arabian Nights, and I actually kind of knew what I was doing because I played the pinball arcade version. I knew the rules, so I knew what to shoot for and what the points were worth, things like that. So that actually, that helped me a lot in the competitive, you know, tournament aspect. Learning the rules. When you go to tournaments, you always play games that you've never touched before. And with me being a relatively new player, like basically every game out there is a game I've never touched before. So, I mean, you know... But regardless of how long you've been playing, you always run into games you've never played before. And, you know, having a, a basic knowledge of the rules helps big time, you know, yeah. uh, in competitive play. So, 
But uh Well I recently I think um Zen Pinball, which I think is a PS three exclusive, and I believe it's all fantasy tables. I'm not sure if you're that familiar with it. Yeah, Zen well I mean Pinball, Zen, Zen Zen Pinball, Pinball is basically it's it's by it's like Pinball FX or the three sixty, it's by the same people, right? Zen Studios or something. I'm not familiar. Yeah. I, I personally don't really care for those all that much. Um this the physics they use, it's it's kind of unrealistic in certain ways. It's uh, the the ball angles, like when you try to shoot the ball at the edge of the flipper, the, it's it's not realistic how the angles work. And there's just it doesn't feel good when you make shots. Like it's not like old Williams pinball machines where like you activate a mode and like a new a new song starts playing and uh, you know a crazy quote plays or something like that and it's you don't have that audio and visual cue going in, in conjunction with you know just where the ball's going and you lose a lot I think yeah um, you, you lose a lot of that great pinball feel on their games and uh, I've just gotten to the point where I, I don't even play them anymore um, I mean I have probably you know 10 to 15 tables on my pinball FX2 for 360 but it's just yeah, <laughs> and played, they're, um, they're they're handheld efforts are kind of like along the same lines. I mean, I had their th- their three DS ones, and they were meh. So I got to I've never played it before, but over Thanksgiving I got to play the Plants vs Zombies table. It was actually now that one I'm actually kind of interested in because you know I think I like Plants vs Zombies. Yeah. It's a really fun game, and it it actually looks like a really nice homage to Plants vs Zombies. You know. It was fun, obviously not realistic, you know, a lot of things, and, the, you know, they don't have to play by any rules of reality, but it was a lot of fun. My only issue was, uh, for whatever reason, there there was a delay between pressing the button and the flipper going, like just enough delay to actually just be noticeable, which was kind of crappy, but uh, it was a lot of fun, obviously not very realistic, you know, the physics not quite there, but... From a fun standpoint, it was it was up there. It was kind of neat to, you know, just pass the controller back and forth and try and beat each other's high score. So <laughs> it is kind of funny, you know, I've over the past year really gotten into pinball video games to just be able to pick up, you know, a game I've never played, a table I've never played, and, you know, immediately, you know, start having success. Yeah. You know, it's not that hard to have a 30-minute turn for me. That's good. So working up on those skills. Yeah, or be like, watch this. I can make the ball go from this flipper to the other flipper. <laughs> ha. You know? <laughs> Which, you know, regardless of the game, usually, you know, those types of things, those types of skills still apply to any table, even if the physics aren't quite right. Well, the physics have to be at least partially right for it to work. Mm-hmm. He tried on a bunch of old like Sega Genesis oh, yeah. games and Forget it's it. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. You might be able to have the ball hit the post, but it might fly up and go over and straight down an out lane or the, um, might do some weird things. On that Super Nintendo game, you could actually do it no problem. Super Pinball. Yeah, you know what's funny? I was actually writing about that yesterday. Yeah. And the entire time I was writing about it, I was like, this is going to sound kind of redundant because Chris already did a review on this. <laughs> and every time I was writing something, I was thinking about your review instead of like 
you know, my own gameplay experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. So. I was reading, you know, some old comments on the website, you know, seeing if there was anything I wanted to talk about for this show. And I re- I, I can't remember if it was an email or a comment where, you know, somebody, or maybe it was on Atari age, somebody had bought the game on our recommendation and didn't like it at all. I was just like, man, yeah. I, I just, you know, I can't quite, I don't relate at all because I thought it was amazing. It's like the yeah. first old, the first game that felt like, you know, a modern game does. I mean, clearly yeah, it's not. It's, uh, it's, the game's definitely shown its age. And, you know, I was writing about it last night that it's, you know, the visual style is not going to be for everybody. The sound style is not going to be for everybody. You know, it doesn't have an overall style that I think is going to appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have that bright feel and that happy yeah. vibe, you know? It's kind of a dark and it, yeah, it's kind of a dark game, but also the tables are kind of basic. Yeah. There's not uh, a very deep rule set, and yeah. each table basically has the exact same rules with yep. like one or two gimmicks that are a little bit different. Yep. So, but for me, the most important part about pinball games, digital pinball games especially, is being able to have ball control like a real pinball machine. Yeah. And Super Pinball Behind the Mask is, I think, probably one of the first pinball digital pinball games I ever played that you could have ball control. You could let the ball bounce from one flipper to the next and yep. grab it. You could post-transfer where you hit the bottom of a slingshot and the ball bounces over, just like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, you might even be able to drop catch. I have to go in and try to practice that, but <laughs> it's... um. You know, that that's a huge, huge deal for me because even more visually impressive pinball games that came after this game, like yeah. Hyper 3D Pinball for the Saturn and PlayStation and True Pinball for the Saturn and PlayStation, which was a remake of Pinball Illusions, they are these, you know, higher definition, 3D rendered tables, deeper rule sets, way more shots, but the physics suck. <laughs> you know, you can't control the ball like you can in Super Pinball. And because of that, Super Pinball, I think, is actually superior to a lot of these digital pinball games from that era. Yeah. And it's just really, the thing for me, it was just that, wow, this is on a Super Nintendo. Yeah. You know, what is what else does the Super Nintendo have pinball-wise? It's got crappy ports of pinball dreams and pinball fantasies mm-hmm. with those kind of nauseating scrolling play fields. Yeah. And it's got Jackie Crush in Japan, which is a part of like the Devil's Crush, Alien Crush series. And mm-hmm. that's cool, but that's not realistic. You yeah. can't have any kind of real ball control in that like you can on a real pinball machine. Now, you can flail the ball up and shoot it wherever, but it's also much harder to aim because the aiming doesn't feel like a real pinball machine. You know, Super Pinball nails all those aspects on the on the head, though. And I think that's, I think that's why I feel it holds up really well today. Yeah. But... Again, if you're visual not style, the sound game, style, the simplicity of the tables, it's not going to be for everybody. So. Yeah. But the game's so cheap, you know, it's like you might as well at least give it a try. I mean, you can buy complete in box copies for like eight bucks or less. It's it's crazy. So. I see it a lot at the used game stores, you know, for the, you know, two to five dollars. Yeah. It's very easy it's to cheap. get hold of if you're into that sort of thing. But anyway, Plants vs. It was my first experience with Zen Pinball um, that I'm, I'm not familiar with it. I'm not a, I don't own a PS3. Um, so I was just kind of curious about it and uh, it was kind of neat to play Plants vs. Zombies. I know a lot of people love that game. So it's neat to see a, you know, a digital pinball recreation of that. Yeah. 
Um, the other game, I was actually really excited. I found this a while ago, The Humans on the Genesis. And the reason why I was excited <laughs> is because it was, um, it's effectively a, a Jaguar launch title, Dino Dudes. And, uh, I, you know, I really like The Lost Vikings, um, Oddworld, those kind of puzzle side scrolly games. Yeah, it's um, nothing like that. <laughs> it's very, again, you know, it's just been an underwhelming couple of weeks because it's just boring. Here they come. I don't think it's loud enough. Probably didn't even hear it. Did you? Um, yeah, the, the humans is. Uh, I, I've I've played both the Genesis and the Jaguar version. I think it's an okay game, but you've got to have a really specific taste for this game. It's just uh, very very slow. It's it's very slow. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> basically you have to get these cavemen from one end of a stage to to the next. And then you complete the level, but they all have these specific functions they do. Like one guy can propel guys over like pits, and another guy can like throw spears or something like no, that. No, they're all the same. Everyone controls the same, so there's no variety there. So like, if one guy picks up a spear, then you have to go like through a oh, mini that's, menu. Oh, that's right. That no, they're all the same, but there's items that give them the abilities. Like the spear lets mm-hmm. them jump. You have to. That's like, right. That's right. The spear lets you jump. See, and that's the problem with the humans. The spear lets you jump. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, you have to like punch the spear into the ground and it propels you back. Yeah. But the, so along those lines I, with when the I, When spear, I first played the Jaguar version, I had to watch a YouTube video because I kept falling down the first hole. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Well, the pro- uh, it's, it's annoying because the Genesis only has, at least when this game came out, three buttons. And it's not enough. Um, it, it, it's just so awkward. Everything you have to do takes forever. To pick up the spear, then you have to go through like a, you have to scroll through what you want to do with the spear before you can actually do it. And then you do it. And then you have to throw the spear back, but not hit anything, but so it lands in the ground so that you can take your next caveman, grab the spear, go through the mini menu, jump over the pit, throw the spear back, grab your next caveman, and it's, that's the game, and it's boring. Yeah. And there's no background music, which I found very weird. But the game actually has these awesome, like, uh, I guess today we'd, like a, not an FMV type of deal. I guess it would be FMV. These really cool cutscenes, like beautifully drawn, well animated. They look amazing. And then the game is just bleh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was really disappointed. I really, you know, I like those kind of games, those slow moving kind of puzzle games. Um, and it just, it, it was too slow even for my tastes. Yeah. So. Very, very bleh. Alrighty, and then the last game that I've probably spent the most time on is the Pokemon trading card game for the original Game Boy. Yeehaw. Which, uh, there must be a very, very limited set of people that would ever play that game uh, in the year 2012, but uh, I have not beat the game yet. I'm still looking for one last, I guess, person to battle before I can unlock the final battles of yeah. the game but uh if you're into that sort of thing it was it's very fun for me anyway seeing uh all those cards from 1998 and uh the game's pretty true to the actual card game like all the rules are programmed correctly all the cards are programmed correctly so i think there's a few other trading card games that kind of came out in that period I, I remember there's like card fighters clash or something for the neo geo pocket color 
Yeah. And I think there was a few others at that time as well. Obviously, I don't think it's it's been a long time since there's been a trading card game on a home system, but very interesting if you're into that sort of thing, if you're not aware of it. Uh, just kind of neat. I'm not going to bore anybody with the details of the game, but that's kind of, that's where I've been at the, the past few weeks. <laughs> and of course, Minecraft. I can't get away from Minecraft. Yay, Minecraft. It's amazing. I'm working on Genthi Tower. It's going to be epic. <laughs> Alrighty. So that's what you've been doing instead of recording podcast episodes. <laughs> Chris, we got to record. Now I'm building Genthi Tower. You say, no, I'm secretly going out <laughs> with my girlfriend. In reality, you're actually there on the Xbox building castles in Minecraft. Yep. Secrets <laughs> out. The spear lets you jump. <laughs> well, all I can say is I'm not doing any more solo episodes because... I don't think anybody liked that last one. We only got like a hundred views or downloads in the last uh, week and a half or two weeks. That was pretty pathetic. So, so what have you uh, <clears throat> have you been up to, Austin? <laughs> Attempting to write video review scripts and spending the whole night writing a paragraph because I can't write <laughs> worth a damn, and it's frustrating the hell out of me. Yeah. But aside from that. Uh, been playing uh, Sonic Adventure a little bit on the Dreamcast. I think I'm actually towards the end of Sonic's campaign. I think I'm on like stage eight or nine or something like that. That is, I love Sonic. Yeah, that's some it's, of my uh, favorite uh, Sonic. The Lost moments. World or something like that. Is that towards uh, the end? Yeah, that music. Yeah, the music. It's a, that you know, level. I had never played. A, I had played Sonic Adventure many times. What would usually happen is I would play the first action stage get to maybe the second action stage and then that would be it. I would stop playing. Mm-hmm. And um So have you, you know, been in the game before? No, never. Oh no. wow. Okay. Um so what kind of got me to play it was two things. One, um Juan Ortez or John Ortez, the guy that does uh you know some call me Johnny on YouTube, uh Johnny vs the World. He does those videos and um he used to go by Super Gamer Brothers. And he's a huge Sonic fan, and you know he's doing reviews of just about every Sonic game ever made. And he finally got to the Adventure and Adventure Two games mm-hmm. uh, like a week ago, and uh, I watched them. They were really, really long, really in-depth reviews. They were like thirty and forty minutes apiece. It was crazy. And um, you know, seeing his opinions on the game, and you know, watching the game in motion, I was like, you know what? I should finally get around to trying this game. I have it. Um, but the other thing that got me to play it is that I picked up the limited edition version off eBay for Dreamcast. And do you have any idea what that is, Chris? Mm, is that the Japanese version or something else? No. Um, before the Dreamcast came out, Sega made it available to places like Hollywood Video. Yeah, and Best uh, so you Buy. Could basically, you could basically rent the Dreamcast before it was released. Uh, one of the games that you can get with it was Sonic Adventure Limited Edition, Isn't and it actually expensive? says it's, it's uh, yeah, it actually says Limited Edition on the disc, and it's kind of a nerfed or gimped version of it. Um, and actually, not really. I was under the impression that on this copy of the game, you weren't unable to save your progress at all. Um, but it turns out you can save your progress and just progress through the game like normal. You just can't access the internet functionality. Yeah. <laughs> do today 
Oh, uh, no. it's, actually kind of, it's actually kind of <laughs> surreal because you go and you click on the internet and it's like, sorry, please buy the full game on nine nine ninety nine in like big yes. red letters. <laughs> so it's like a blast from the past, you know, I'm just going back 13 years in time. Um, but that's that's the, the the main reason I was playing it. I uh, loaded the game up, the limited edition I bought on eBay, just to try it out. And I ended up just kind of getting hooked to it, I guess, just playing it. And um, but it's, yeah, that to go back a step, yeah, the limited edition of Sonic Adventure it is expensive because again, it was only a rental exclusive. And then, from what I understand, um, you know, once that that time was up, I think the, the stores were pretty much directed to just like destroy the discs, throw them out basically. Mm-hmm. So who knows how many are actually out there in the wild floating around and whatnot today. Um, a complete in-box copy of it did just sell last week, actually two weeks ago for about a hundred bucks. Um, I was actually bidding on that one. Um, and when it got to like the 40 and 50 dollar price range, I was like, you know, I can't really afford this much. So I just watched it and it ended up selling for a hundred. Wow. Uh, however, at the same time I was watching a disc only copy uh, and it was like 15, no bids or anything. Nice. And it had a buy it now price of like $35, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my chances on it and just bid on it. And I ended up winning it for 15 plus like $4 shipping. So I have a copy of the rare Sonic Adventure limited edition, and that's actually the copy I've been playing. Cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, the game overall has been pretty cool. I I don't think time has been terribly kind to it, though. The controls are a little clumsy, and the camera can be clumsy if you're not playing the uh, level exactly yeah, I mean, the how they intended it. I don't have it. as big of a problem with. It's just the... The frame rate is like uh, 30 frames a yeah. second ops. And um, unless you do that one, there's like that one bumper cart racing game that's a complete optional bonus thing. Yeah. Then it runs at 60 frames a second for some odd reason. Uh, there's that, but then there's um, the lip syncing really sucks. Yep. <laughs> for, uh, for the voices, the... Um, you know, it's just a lot, a lot, a lot of rough edges on it. Lots of pop-up that... I I didn't notice back in on nine. It's all part of the charm. Yeah, it's kind of all part of the charm. But I feel the action stages actually are still really cool. They're yeah. a lot of fun to play. Absolutely. And unlike Sonic Adventure Two, you can still kind of explore. You got multiple routes and paths, and yeah. you can take your time and find secrets and things like that. Yeah. Sonic Adventure Two is more like a roller it's coaster. Very linear, yeah, yeah. Sonic, I love Sonic Adventure. It's it's definitely one of my favorite games of all time, and it's for that reason. You know, you yeah. can race through it, or you can take your time and explore, which is exactly like the old games. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, some of the adventure parts, I, I thought I'd be really off put, you know, put off by them, but. You know, they're actually not that bad. They're usually really simplistic. Like, I don't find myself spending that much time on the adventure sections. I, I never really got stuck on a part. Yeah, people complain about that, but it's such a minor portion of the game. You're almost never there. And yeah, I don't get why people say I would say you're almost the game never down. there, but I never felt like it was a big hindrance. Yeah. Like, I never felt like turning off the game just because I was at an adventure section, which was cool. Yeah. Um, what else was there? Um, some of the uh, like the mini games, like the Tales, you know, 
flying part where you have to zap down enemies on his plane. That was, that was all right. Yeah. It was, could have been a little more polished. It uh, could have been a little more interesting. It's not quite Panzer Dragoon, that's for sure. It's cool. On the version that you have and Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast, If on that section, if you look at Sonic and Tails, they actually have very primitive uh, polygon models, like yeah. Saturn-style models. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't remember if it's throughout the whole thing or if it's just like when it tells you your score, but there's like a, a they missed it when they were making that game. So if you pay attention to that part, I want to say it's when it like gives you your score, you'll see these very primitive Sonic models. And it might actually be throughout the whole thing. Um, but I always find that might very interesting. It might have been to keep, the, to keep the frame rate up because I noticed there's a really like long draw distance on that stage, longer than like normal stages. Mm-hmm. There's less pop-up and things like that. So, I mean, it might have been to try to keep the frame rate up. But... Uh, Overall, I think the game's been pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to the side character missions, but I've mainly just been focusing on playing through with Sonic just because I've, I've never completed the game before. Well, I like how there's a, a lot of action stages with Sonic. I mean... What's nice, uh, Austin, is they all get smaller. Like, Tails, um, is his adventure is much like Sonic's, and it's not as long. And then you get to Knuckles with the searching and uh it's shorter and then as you progress with each character like big the cat he's his missions are stupid like three, but there's like three right? or four yeah. so it's not a huge deal yeah and that's what the the review was telling me as well so that's kind of cool but uh yeah it's uh, it's a cool game i think that uh if you're a fan of old sonic games if you've never really given adventure a chance you might want to um you know, don't expect to complete it in a night, but, you know, one thing that's also surprised me is actually how quickly you do progress through the game. I've, yeah. I spent really just two really good nights playing it, and, um, you know, I'm towards the end of uh, Sonic's campaign already. So, and that's with kind of getting lost once or twice. Yeah. Um, the, the first, you know, when I was at the Mystic Ruins for the first time, I was having a hard time figuring out where I was supposed to go. Yeah. Um, because it's not quite obvious, but as you progress through the game, you realize that, like, when you hear, like, an announcer say, oh, the train's leaving, yeah, you know, okay, I'm supposed to go to the train, that's going to take me towards, just going to take me to the right direction, you know, so, once you start, you know, realizing that, that's, you know, figuring out what those audio cues, cues do, then you start figuring out the rest of the game much quicker, and there's a lot less just running around aimlessly, so, um, Oh, I had to admit the uh, the casino stage was pretty cool. Yes, that was oh. uh, that was fun. <laughs> and um, it's, although the the pinball games kind of suck, oh, they're terrible. There, there's that's that's a perfect <laughs> example of how not to make a, pro, a pinball game, digital pinball game. It was really neat at the time when you played the Knights Table, and then there's that section where you go through, I believe, yeah. level one of Knights. You have yeah, no control. You go through the rings and things like that. It's just yeah, it's on rails. You have no control, but it was it's still really cool. It was really you know? neat at that time to have Sega acknowledge that game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was Sonic Team. It was just a few years after Knights, and I think probably a lot of the same people were still there. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's probably a different story. Yeah. It was neat. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So the casino, I believe you get to go through there with tails as well as knuckles. Knuckles is the coolest because, um, obviously you can climb walls and you're forced to explore that whole level and it's, it's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's like pirate ships up on the ceiling and stuff. It's it's pretty incredible. One of the things I like about Sonic Adventure is just even though it has so many rough edges, it does seem like it has a a good personality. It's got uh, a lot of creativity in some of the stage design. Yeah. Uh, Even like the casino, for instance, you're getting rings. And uh, when I had to go cash in my rings, I got picked up by these arms and it just shook all the rings (laughs) out of me. I actually laughed at that part. I was like, oh, that's that's clever. Those guys, those guys at Sega. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, it's a good game. Yeah. I think it's good. Um, It is a classic. That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> maybe not the most polished classic by today's standards but uh, uh, it's definitely worth checking out if you're a fan of the series oh, sorry big yawn alright so Sonic Adventure have you played it on the 360 or only on the uh, Dreamcast I actually I have it on the 360 uh, only played the first stage that's about it yeah. So, but after I'm done with this I might go back and play it uh, just to see the differences. I also want to see if there's anything else cut out of the limited edition I have. Yeah. Because there's not a ton of information on the internet that I can find. Like, I don't know if anybody's actually tried completing this edition of the game, you know. Oh, it's a Sonic game. I'm sure there's yeah, a well, wiki sure. on it with details. There's, there's only uh, <laughs> just a little bit of information I found just on, like, Wikipedia. Just the usual stuff like, blah, 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 this was a rental, blah, 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 Hollywood video, blah, 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 no save functionality. And that was really it. So, um, we'll see. I, I was wondering if maybe, there, if maybe my version was gamped further than I expected because just the cues to go on to the next portion of the game just I, w- I was lost in the first part of the game i was wondering if it was just something with the uh the limited version but um i don't know i'll have to go research it better i am not sure sonic adventure limited edition i'm looking at the uh the sonic retro wiki which is pretty much the authoritative resource for any Sonic game you could ever imagine. Um, yeah, there's no, no info here. I'm a little disappointed. Oh, well. But um, Sonic Adventure on the Xbox, it runs, it's still 4x3, but uh, it does run in high definition, which is kind of nice. Um, there are moments of uh, faster frame rates, and uh, the Sonic, all the character um, models are all, I believe taken from the GameCube game. They're all much better looking and yeah. for whatever reason Sonic is shiny instead of furry, but whatever. He wasn't really furry in the Dreamcast one either. <laughs> yeah, he should be, right? I've seen hedgehogs. They're not shiny. <laughs> oh, he's shiny in the Dreamcast one, especially when he jumps and he's in his ball. Yeah. Reflecting. I always like that effect when he jumps into a ball. Yeah. A really cool effect that still looks really really neat like today the, uh, it's just the ball spinning blur. and it's kind of yeah it's kind of blurry and uh the really cool effect still holds up so <sighs> very nice all right so, yeah aside from that chris i've just been playing other stuff uh this last week especially i've been focusing on playstation 2 imports mm-hmm. um about a week and a half ago, I started playing Beat Mania again, which is a music and rhythm game. And I was playing the U.S. version, which it basically comes with a controller that has seven keys on it and a turntable. 
And it's kind of like something like Dance Dance Revolution, except rather than just having four functions for your, you know, the four arrows, you have basically eight functions, you know, seven keys in the turntable. And a lot of these keys are pressed at the same time. And it's just, it's a crazy rhythm game that's really, really tough to be coordinated with. And it's just a lot of fun. Kind of got hooked to it again, kind of got addicted again. <clears throat> and so as a result, I went up to East Starland up the street. And it turned out they had a couple of the Japanese versions of uh, Beat Mania 2DX, which is basically the Japanese version of what we got uh, in America. And so I picked up uh, a couple copies of those, but, uh, you know, I figured, uh, I'll try to figure out how to import PlayStation 2, or I'm sorry, play import PlayStation 2 games in my system. One of the guys talked, uh, talked me into buying the, uh, the magic slide accessory for the PlayStation 2, though, while I was there. And basically what it allows you to do is, uh, sort of, uh, fool the PlayStation 2 into thinking you're playing in a, uh, an American game when in actuality you're playing a Japanese game. And so yeah, I picked that up. It ended up working after well, a lot of trouble and trial and error. But uh, now I'm playing imports, my PS2. Uh, so I've been playing both, uh, both the import Beat Manias I have, uh, Beat Mania 2DX 4th style and 8th style. And then I also picked up a couple other imports. I picked up uh, this game called like Hares Velgar or something like that. I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's some weird name. Kind of a crappy futuristic racing game, um, but it was like 10 bucks. And it's one I've always been curious about. I think it was a Japanese exclusive, never came out anywhere else. And I think it was a launch title for the system where it was one of those early PS2 games. So it has that really, really rough early PS2 look and doesn't run at, you know, a full frame rate. And, uh, uh, next to that though, I, I did pick up, uh, Giga Wing Generations, which is essentially Giga Wing Part 3 for the, uh, the PlayStation 2. Um, it's a vertical shooter, just like the Dreamcast and arcades parts one and two, uh, made by the same development studio that made the first two games. Um, it's pretty cool as well. You still there? Still here. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to spell Hares Velgar. Um, I think it's spelled like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Try to pronounce that one. Oh, it's all it's one H-R-E-S-V-E-L-G-R. word. H R E S V E L G R. Excellent. <laughs> so, but uh, Giga Wing Generations, uh, aside from the Beat Mania games, is what I've primarily been playing on my PlayStation 2. Um, so, yeah. Very nice. I still have not ever owned a PlayStation 2 either. You need to get on that, man. PlayStation 2 is an awesome system. I was playing it the other night, and I was like, man, I've barely played any PS2 in these last couple of years. And I was like, man, PS2's got to be one of the best systems ever made. I don't like, really think about it. We're like, fighting. It's... it's uh, Dreamcast for life. <laughs> I said one of the best systems. <laughs> All right. I mean, you've got... Uh, I mean, just for the PS1 compatibility alone, that's a massive excellent library right there but then you got the playstation 2 library and the playstation 2 was really the last system where you had a really 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 wide variety of games like yeah you had a lot of shoot 'em ups uh you had a lot of 
traditional platformers. You had a lot of weird, quirky music games. You had a lot of your normal first-person shooters. You, you know, it's... And... Um, you could still be a small... It wasn't just, like, ten big companies making all the games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was, it was get a lot more variety than we have today. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Mosquito. Was that what it was And hell, you can still import games on it without having to buy a Japanese system or... <sighs> it's, I do like the... But th- there, there's something just about like the look and feel of its games, though. Like, I, I popped in Gradius V, and man, that game holds up so well today. It's an incredible game. The game's like seven years old by this point, I think. I was I think it was like 2005, or maybe it was 2004. I don't remember. But... Um, yeah, it's it's a great system, and it's uh, it's a very good import friendly system as well. Uh, I mean, you can have problems playing Japanese games on your system, but what I meant by that was just there's so many Japanese exclusives as well that you have a really good reason um, to import games on it. Lots of really cool exclusives, especially if you're into like the music games and shoot 'em ups. I mean, the PS2 was the shoot 'em up king when it was out. I mean, that's yeah. where all the shmups came to. And I think there's even more shmups on PS2 than what you have on like Xbox 360 and platforms like that. Um, and you can play PS1 games on it. So you get all the PS1 shmups as well. Alrighty. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. There's so many game systems out there. You know, I want a Wii and a PlayStation 2. So little time to actually play what you buy, too. Yeah. All right. Mr. Mosquito. For some reason, I always wanted to play that game. Have you played that game? Yeah. Is it uh, as it, awesome as it, I think it is? It's awesome? I don't know about awesome. Uh, it, it got <laughs> decent reviews when it came out. It was a cool, interesting concept. But uh, it's just a game that I really had no desire to try to go back and play these yeah. days. You know, with the, the incredible backlog I already have, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely new and unique back then. And again, that's something else you find on, on PS2 games that you don't find as much on, uh, you know, like the 360 or something like that. Just these weird, quirky titles that don't really just, happen uh, anymore. That either don't really happen anymore, or they 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 only happen in Japan and they're never brought over here because yeah. nobody wants to take a risk anymore. So everyone is playing it safe these days. See, they it's should make a Seaman two. How awesome would that be? <laughs> Especially now yeah, that every system again. has every system has a microphone now. Yeah, it seems yeah. like a match made in yeah. heaven. Yep, we all have. Giant- oh, I, I I did want to let you know. I think you might have saw my Facebook post, but I picked up this game on Dreamcast. It was a European exclusive called uh, Planet Ring. And um, it was apparently this online-only game, and it came bundled with this headset. And it actually came in a pretty big box. Um, It's like probably three times the size of the Alien Front box, Mm -hmm. Alien Front and the Seaman box. And um, you can actually check uh, YouTube videos of it online. Looks like a, a really fun game. Unfortunately, I don't think that you can actually really play it anymore. I think it required an internet connection in order to be functional. But you know, it was just another example of how Sega was really ahead of the game. I mean, they bundled their games with their headsets and yeah. revolved games around online functionality. And 
you know, it's funny how all that is basically just standardized today. Yeah. And a lot of these games that Sega had back then, like Planet Ring or Seaman, that utilize these headsets or online functionality, they could just bring them back, release them as like Xbox Live Arcade games or something. And I think they would be successful enough to, you know, at least pay someone's salary for a year, which would be worth it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Planet Ring. I'm looking at yeah. screenshots and I cannot understand what this game is <laughs> uh don't look at screenshots i would look at youtube videos all right um so it's it was like a mini game collection it was it kind of reminds me of like nintendo land today or i think you could like walk around and i think you can go and play various mini games you could play them with people i think it was multiplayer focused as well you could like type messages to friends and things like that and uh talk to people with the headset um Alrighty. Well, Austin, <sighs> anything else? No, just another very truncated episode. It hasn't been truncated. We're well oh, pa- very, very truncated. Uh, you were on a roll, too, and now the negative Austin has come back. Uh, I just- we start, we end the show like we started the show. <laughs> <laughs> but the middle bits were excellent. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, I'm tired. I don't know what I'm going to do today. I, I need to finish this uh, intro thing, but I'm so tired. I don't know if I even feel like doing that now. Yeah. Well, I have a football game to watch and then uh, this to produce. And uh, yeah. So uh, don't play the humans. Fez is overrated. Zen Pinball is interesting. And uh, Sonic Adventure is still amazing. What was the. Amazing uh, to you. It is still <laughs> amazing. Um, what is it, uh, Johnny versus the world? What was the name of the YouTube channel that you had referenced earlier? Uh, he, his name on YouTube, his channel name is some call me Johnny on one word, but his, his show title is Johnny versus the world. All right. Um, you being, you being a Sonic fan, I think you should probably check out those reviews and kind of see where you, the main page right now, uh, looks like, uh, Sonic heroes. Oh, did he upload that? Ooh. 12 hours ago it has 4,000 views nice I'm gonna have to watch that because I want to see what he has to think uh, or see what he has to say about Sonic Heroes I hear it's kind of uh, a real pain um, right, there it is sure enough have you played it before like the first level that's about it yeah I got it when it first came out back on the Xbox and uh, it was just so disappointing so disappointing. Although I've watched the kids play through some of the later levels because they don't have a reference point of what a Sonic game is. Like to me, I played it and I'm like, well, this isn't Sonic Adventure. It's strange. The level does, you know, nothing was up to snuff and I just stopped playing after, I don't know, two, three levels as well. Yeah. But they didn't have a reference point or an expectation. So I think actually for younger people younger than us that didn't grow up with the other games uh i think it was like a million seller and everything and our views may be a little more jaded yeah no definitely um (laughs) the problem i have with this game um if you've never played it or never seen it you have four teams like the sonic team with sonic tails and knuckles and then there's a chaotix team with some of the characters from (laughs) Alrighty, so I just got a hard drive too slow air. I'm not really sure. I think the computer's trying to do a backup of itself while I'm recording. <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, th- you control all three characters, and they each have different moves. And overall, I thought it was very clumsy, not very intuitive, not very 
it it just lacked a lot of fun. It just felt very like, oh, let's try this idea out. Let's have us control all three characters at the same time. And we'll give them all these crazy moves. And it just felt very scattered and it wasn't fun for me. Yeah. Um, and I think they continued that trend, just making Sonic do stupid crap and, oh, let's have Sonic or let's have Knuckles with a gun. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or, you know, let's slide on rails. And I, I just never got into anything until uh, really Sonic Generations came out and kind of brought things back to where they should be. Well, Sonic Colors will bring things back yeah, further for Yeah, obviously you. that too. Uh, you know, I think that uh, Sonic Generations is probably... It almost seems like it's using whatever engine they use for Sonic Colors. It feels very, very similar to Sonic Colors. So, I mean, that'll be right up your alley. Let's turn and, Sonic uh, into a werewolf. Like, what? <laughs> What's sad about that is the access stages were actually pretty good. Yeah, on that I've watched game. some videos and it looks, yeah, it's so f- yeah. freaking fast. It's crazy. But, uh, you know, well, I guess one more thing I can talk about is that I, I did start playing Sonic Rush the other night on the the DS, and uh, it's better than I remember it being. I, I thought I remember it just being like a one big roller coaster ride, and to a degree yeah. it is, but there's actually a little more platforming than I, I, I recall. Um, there's some endless pit scenarios where you have to actually stop and yeah. jump over the platforms with accuracy, otherwise you die instantly. So... And the trick system is kind of cool. I kind of like the boost functionality where, you know, you can press a button and Sonic basically boosts and like crashes through enemies. And, uh, yeah. you know, you, you, you use a meter when you do that, but you can build it back up by jumping on springs and like doing somersaults and things like that. It's kind of cool. What uh, I like about the fast pace, like electronic music just goes really well with it. I think it's pretty cool. I like the bosses so. too. It's all 3D and it actually looks pretty, pretty, pretty good. See, that was actually one thing I, I didn't care for that much in the game. Um, I think it would have been awesome if they just kept the two-dimensional art style yeah. and had the bosses really animate and things like that. I think that would have been more pleasing on the eyes and uh, a little more polished. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at least the game still plays well. It still feels like the regular game for the most part uh, when you're in your 3D boss fights. It's still just left, right, Sonic jumping, spin dash, whatever. So it still feels like Sonic at least. So they're decent, not amazing. Um, but Sonic Rush and Sonic Rush Adventure are both pretty decent games. Yeah. So, all right, Austin, I know you like a longer show. No, I'm done. I don't even feel like talking anymore. It's just one of those days, man. I am tired. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I think we covered a wide range of topics. I've got about a thousand black frame bars to edit out of a video. That's that going to be fun. Have you thought about just buying a new capture device and uh, see if that fixes your problem? Or is it just not really an option at the moment? It would probably be an option if I stopped spending my money on other things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, Austin, it was uh, it was good to have you back, or it was good to have me back. It was good to have you back, Chris. It was Chris. good to have me back. All right. You're going to appease a lot of fans. Yes. And I think our, our numbers are going to shoot back up just because you're here. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if this will be in the show or not, but um, it's just kind of funny because especially when we first started doing the show, like we would get to the 
end of every episode and and this is what austin would say like oh my god this is gonna be so bad <laughs> yeah and i would be like no it's gonna be great and i'd listen to the show and i'm like this is so entertaining you know like re-listening to everything and then like send austin austin a message on atari age like dude the show is amazing and then he would listen to it. He's like, yeah, you were right. And this would happen every single episode. We'd get to the end. He's like, this is shitty. Oh, my God. And I'd put it together, and I'd be like, Austin, it was amazing. It's up. And he'd listen to it. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't so bad. Like, every two weeks, the same cycle over and over. And it just, like, it's coming back. Like, here's like <laughs> No, it's just these days, you know, we... we we're on our this is what episode 39 or episode uh, 40 this is episode 40 so i mean i just personally i think i just personally expect a more consistent level since we're 40 episodes in now you know we're not like on episode two or three and i, I think people listening would appreciate that as well i mean for instance if we both had high quality tracks that never <laughs> clipped or disrupted because of connection issues and then I think that would just make the, the listening experience more pleasant for people. Kind of like me not sniffling every episode, you oh, know, 50,000 a- times in it. You know, <laughs> it's just keeping it really polished and tight. And I think that people appreciate that, you know. Um, I think so, it's us. I mean, yeah. I mean, while I was dissatisfied with a lot of the early episodes, at least at the end of recording, and then, like you said, realizing that they weren't that bad – like now I actually have more of like an honest kind of God, I, we're so close to having it be like perfect. Like, you know, why can't we just make it perfect? It's not that hard to make it perfect. You know, we can be consistent. And then I just, that's just kind of where I stand right now. That's all. All right. So that is my challenge to the viewers. Leave a comment on the website, implantgames.com and tell me how this episode sounded Strictly from a audio quality perspective. There you go. Now, also remember, you guys better leave some comments. <laughs> Otherwise, I will. Well, I have no idea what I'm gonna do. But leave some comments. <laughs> also remember us, and these things get. What do we chop these down to? Like 64 kbs MP3 well, file. No, there's, what there's that. But but even at 64 kbs, you could still tell. You know how compressed a track is, or how beefy a track sounds, and. You know how hollow a track sounds, and mm-hmm. the, the recording coming straight from Skype is going to sound really hollow compared to the guy that's going plugged straight into a compressor and a limiter. And you know, there's you're gonna hear a difference even when it's chopped down to 64 kbps. So that's all. That's yeah. All. So all right. Remember, follow uh, follow the show on Twitter, Twitter.com/implant. That is all. Just implant. That's how early I was on Twitter. I got that awesome name. So that's how you get all the boob implant ads. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> or dental implant ads. <laughs> or Facebook, of course. I think uh, we have enough people on Facebook now where it's just facebook.com slash implant games. Um, also check out Austin's channel or Austin's Facebook group. What is it, Austin? Gameplay and Talk. So look it up. I post a lot of stuff there generally. Yeah, um, I haven't been haven't been doing as much video stuff lately. Um, so most of my updates just come from Facebook. Things like video game pickups. I'll post pictures. And last night I posted a clip actually 
an image of the video project I was working on that I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode. So, well, you also you're a much better Facebooker than me too, is because you share a lot of um, of other people's stuff. So, you know, nearly every day, I've you... been slacking the last few weeks, but yeah, I, I try to share other people's videos and things like up. that. Yeah. So, um, so check that out: Facebook.com/slash/gameplay/and/talk. Um, or slash implant games, Twitter, or of course the website. If you want to send us an email, the email address is podcast at implantgames.com, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. So, Austin, if there's nothing else, uh, I will <laughs> watch the Packer game. You can go watch the Packers game, Chris. <laughs> All right. I will go do whatever i have no idea what i'm gonna do (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see you all or hear you all or talk to you all again in uh, about two weeks all right see you guys